This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Back to you is up next, but first take a listen to this other fine OPI show. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Rick, we talked to perhaps the most prolific female voiceover artist in history. Really? Yeah. She's the voice of Speedy in the Alka-Seltzer. Mm-hmm. She's the aliens in Toy Story. Mm-hmm. She's Jimmy Neutron. Mm-hmm. We talked to voiceover extraordinaire Debbie Derryberry. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. It's pretty easy. The following is a Tony Lozano podcast and Opi show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. This is back to you. I'm Howard Sudbury with Steve Baskerville. Steve, how's life? You do these, in- you do these intros so well. Man, it's like you've done them. this before. I don't get well, paid extra. <laughs> Neither do I. It's it's a wonder we get it done in the socially distancing pandemic time that we're living in. But we're, yeah, we're doing we'll, it and we're having fun. And uh, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing all right. How about you? Uh, I've got one little problem that I'd like to mention to you before we get to our guest, very special guest today. But uh, as you know, I went to the doctor last week a couple times, and I have to have a little procedure done, um, Yeah, like a little surgery. It's just local. He's going to take something off my back. But I had to have an yes. EKG, and I got my mm-hmm. checkup while I was there. Everything was good, except they measured me, and yeah. I was... They, she said I was five nine and a quarter. Now we went through this last year. I'm just under six feet tall. There's nothing wrong with being five nine and a quarter, or five five, or five six, if that's what you are. But I'm not I don't five know nine what, and a quarter. I don't know how they're doing. I don't know what kind of measuring tape they're using because I told you I went through the same thing with a physical a while ago. My doctor says I'm what five nine and a half. I said that's crazy, and and. I've gone so far. Last week, I had to go to the DMV to get my license renewed, and and the and the woman says to me, uh, "Okay, she's checking all things, and she <laughs> says, how tall are you?'" I I now I don't consider it a lie, but I told her uh, deep in my heart, I believe I'm five eleven. Let's go with it, and uh, and then I said, since we're going in that direction, let's shave off about ten pounds off of that weight thing you're going to put down there. <laughs> So I felt real good about uh, that's the only part of the whole experience I felt great about. So, uh, well, you know what if, happens if, if, some, if some cop if some cop stops me and and has to look at my license now, he's going to say, who are, who are you? <laughs> You're not. this. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a five, nine, 250 pound man. Uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say that because uh, I'm giving Amy who is our guest coming up a whole in in the bubble over her head. She's got an image of me now after I said that. She did. That was quite a picture you gave. Well, you know, the DMV calls your doctor's yeah. office to confirm your measurables. So. Yeah. And, and just to get back at you, the doctor says you're five, six. <laughs> well, I'm uh, not five, nine. Not as I said, that there's anything wrong with it. You mentioned Amy. Our guest yes. today is an actor author, acting coach, a celebrity booking coach, and entrepreneur, and her name is Amy Linden, and she comes to us today from Los Angeles. Hi, Amy. 
morning, Steve. How are you? Amy. Welcome, Hi. Amy. Hey, thank you. I'm doing great. I'm speaking to you guys. It doesn't get better than that. Well, that's very <laughs> kind. You're the first guest that's ever said that. Oh, after all these guests? Boy, you're not training your guests well, Howard. No, I guess we're not. You know, the first thing I'd like to ask you is that when when COVID hit and everything was shut down, I read that, you know, there wasn't traffic on the freeways in Los Angeles and the air was so much cleaner. Uh, Did you notice that? And and is it still that way to a certain extent with, you know, less traffic and, you know, clearer air? Well, yes. I mean, the air is much cleaner. And so now that nobody's working, at least now they can go out in their backyard and feel good. So there's that. Um, And now that nobody's on the freeways, nobody's going to work anyway. So nobody could benefit from that. But the truth of the matter is, um, yes, that is the truth. But you probably have. You probably at the same time uh, have a lot of folks uh, feeling anxious in your profession, uh, you know, actors who, who want to work, uh, folks who, who, who probably can't do uh, what they were doing six months ago. So that's got to be uh, something that you have to deal with in this pandemic age we're living in. Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, the people that I believe our warriors will use this time to make uh, their package better. They'll use this time to become better actors. So when an industry starts up again, they'll be ahead of the curve. You know, because a lot of people are using yeah. this time to feel sorry for themselves or feel bad about things. Mm-hmm. Um, the I've I've been thriving. Um, knock on wood. Hear it. Uh, there's my knock on wood. Um, um, I've been thriving. I've been teaching like crazy, helping people with their packages. I launched um, my clothing brand, um, my home decor brand, I Am Enough. So I use this time to help people and to launch a company that I didn't have time for before. And you also, as you mentioned, launch or to attempt to launch acting careers, people that work with you. And you mentioned um, they working on their package. For those that might not know, what what are you talking about with that? Well, you know, you could be a great actor, but if you don't have a package to showcase that, nobody's going to know. Right. So um, your your business package, which is part of your toolbox, should be as good as your talent. So that now are those t- are your- those recordings that you're talking about? Are they your in in the package? Is is what your resume reel? Is that part of it or most of it? Yeah, like um, you need a comprehensive package. So your demo reel needs to match your resume, needs to match your photos, needs to match you according to television standards. It can't be anything random. And uh, headshots that have to be professionally done and all that. Now, Howard, is your package together? Is, Is Howard's package together? (laughs) <laughs> Howard. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, when I came out there several months back, um, we shot a beautiful um, uh, scene that looks like it's from a television show. Um, and so, yes, he's well on his way. On my way I where? Can't. 
<laughs> That's funny. To be able to submit yourself um, for uh, roles. You know, things are happening, even though it might not be happening in the television industry, things are still happening. There's a lot of independent films still happening. I'm, I'm getting ready to shoot my second feature within the what, four months or four and a half months of COVID. I've also done a uh, feature film podcast. So production which isn't... Has been com- interesting. It's not completely shut down out there. Well, I mean, they're, they're adhering to the COVID safety standards on set. Everybody's wearing a mask. Nobody's on top of each other. Um, temperature is taken. Um, you are signing a release form. So, Yeah. And most of this is going to be showcased, not in, I'm wondering how theaters are going to, are going to thrive. I'm looking at commercials on TV and they say coming in August, end of August or coming in September and there's a feature length film and they say in a theater near you, but I mean, what theater near me am I going to go to right now? I'm wondering where they're going to show it. That's really sad, you know? Especially those theaters that only have a couple of seats because you're in those reclining seats. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go for a while. No, I think most people won't, and that's why I think you saw a couple of the big companies file for you know bankruptcy protection, and then they're coming up with plans to you know get back operating again but uh, you know a packed theater i don't i don't see it for a while unfortunately well maybe the drive in is going to be resurrected and i would love that you know yeah uh, I think there are a couple here in the Chicago area, aren't there, Steve? Have you have you read that? Uh, yeah, I you know I'm trying to think of the last time I went to a drive-in. Uh, it was cool if you got your windshield clean. I could never get my windshield clean clean enough, and um, uh, that's the only thing that gets in the way. I, you know, as I think about what what Amy's saying, uh, Howard, maybe I told you about this. I wish I had met Amy years ago because I had a couple of really um, interestingly awkward opportunities to be in films. Okay. Now the yeah. first one. The <laughs> Wait first a minute. one. Now, Steve, what does well, interestingly <laughs> awkward mean? You know, I'm going to well, call because, you out on that. What does that well, mean? Because, uh, well, 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 it was. Um, now this was stone cold. Now, see, I was in TV, you know, in a newscast, the weatherman at the station where I worked, and suddenly I get this call from a woman that I knew who said, "You got to get down." Now this is in Philadelphia, and when I named the film, I bet both of you may have. Have heard of this film it was a big time movie I didn't know any of this I just get a call and she says can you be over the Bellevue Stratford in, in an hour just be there just be there now I go to the Bellevue Stratford Hotel and I'm sitting in this lobby in a waiting room area and there are two other guys looking nervous so I'm assuming okay so there's some movie they're shooting and I don't know what they want from me, which is probably the bad way to go in there. It was interesting, but it was awkward. And so I'm sitting there with these two other guys, and somebody, the woman comes up and says, next. And one of the guys disappears, and he comes back 10 minutes later looking sort of distraught. I, mean, I didn't know what was happening behind the door. And then it was next. And the next guy goes in, and he comes out. And then it's my turn. All I know is that there's some movie being shot 
there's an opportunity for me to be in it. I'm not looking for it necessarily, wishing I was prepared to handle whatever was going to happen. The door swings open and it's like a long walk, like you're going to see the wizard. And, you're, and I'm walking and I'm walking down this long uh, oh, no. entrance way and sitting at a table. There's a, a table and I see Brian De Palma and I see another guy and there's another guy sitting at this table and I'm going, wow, Brian De Palma. Yeah. And the movie, they, the movie that they were shooting was Blowout. I don't know if you ever remember that movie. It was one. Yeah, with, it's a John Travolta film. Yes. And he, yes. he was a sound engineer. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it and, and so there was a lot. Television had to do with it. So that's why the the person who called me thought I'd be good for this. I'm a nervous wreck now because I'm thinking, wow, Brian De Palma. I've never done any kind of acting, nor you know, audition for anything. And it was just horrible. You know, I they handed me a script, well, and I don't think you the, to do? just read. I, it was like you're the anchor. First of all. Uh, I had okay. never been an anchor. I knew what anchors did because I worked with anchors every day. And you but can read. But suddenly, and I could read, uh, not well that day, but I could read. <laughs> but but I wish I had had some kind of guidance to how in how to yeah, operate. Yeah, I mean, I could have coached a, you. I'd, I could have coached you to success. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't know why they didn't. Did you get the, the material ahead of time? No, no, I got nothing ahead of time. I just walked up and somebody handed me a script and I read these words. But they were very they were very kind to me in the way that they turned me down. I didn't know that day that they had turned me down. I figured I would not get it. But they let me know like a day or two later. They said, oh, you are too young for that role. And I, and I said, OK, that's cool. That, that's cool. That's I mean, I was. Everybody. Did you see, did you see uh, who they cast? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't even remember there being a role like that in the film, which was interesting because well, I'd seen see, the movie. Then you would have done it and gotten cut, which I don't know which is <laughs> yes. worse. Yeah, right. But you know, you know, doing it, being excited, telling everybody, and then everybody goes to the movie to see it, and then it's embarrassing because yes. you're cut. Yes. I had another opportunity like that. I think Ron Howard personally hates me. <laughs> there was he this movie, hate Amy. Yeah, no, he hates me, Amy. There was this he movie that. He doesn't hate uh, you. No, I. They, they called me. They called me up in a, in a circumstance like that to come down and be a reporter at the auto show. And and the movie was this Ron Howard film a few years ago, and it had Vince Vaughn in it. And uh, the actor who plays Paul Blart. You know those Paul Blart movies? Sure. I can't think of that yeah, comedian Kevin. actor's name. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it was, and, and, but it revolved around an auto sh or, um, the auto world, and they were in Chicago. And it was another well, stumbling, know, fumbling. you do know from now on you could call me next time you get a call. I, yes, yes, because you cannot go in there <laughs> cold thinking that you've no. got any chance three, at it. Three cannot be a charm. Well, he's, no. uh, we know one thing for sure. He's not going to get a call from Ron Howard. So it's going to be reason another why project. Say, reason why I say Ron Howard hates me is that they said, well, we're going to take your audition and we send them off to New York where Ron is. And so I just feel like Ron saw my audition and said, and well, who the oh, hell God. is this guy? 
Yeah. That is so <laughs> right. bad. He doesn't hate you. He just didn't pay attention to you. He just didn't oh, look nice, and see the nice, inner beauty. Nice. That's right. He, say, he probably said, he, he said, who is this interestingly awkward looking guy? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to keep him in mind when the next time I have an awkward role. Yes, who's <laughs> a natural for that? Well, while we've brought this up, Amy, that's that's an interesting thing that that people have heard about and and they've they've seen scenes of it in in movies and in film is the is the infamous audition room and as you said somebody can be a really good actor a really talented actor and have a lot of potential but the it doesn't do you any good if you don't turn it on in the audition room right yeah, I mean, Steve could have been prepared, but walking down that long hallway, yes. he could have he could have psyched himself out. His palms could have gotten sweaty. He could have felt yes. like he was going to faint, which is the beginnings yes. of a panic attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amy, Amy, you know exactly how I felt. I felt like the lion in the Wizard of Oz when he jumped when he jumped through that when he jumped through the glass to get out of the room. I was well, a wreck. One of the biggest. Um, that's one of the the biggest uh, things that people uh, are afraid of um, for their auditions. Like we, uh, we send out this info sheet before I throw people in classes and it says like, what is your biggest issues? What is your biggest problem? And nerves is pretty much the number one issue that an actor faces is nerves. Mm-hmm. But, that's common, though, right? It's it'd be unnatural if they weren't nervous. Am I right? Yeah, I mean that's that's particularly why the technique was created because I was a bundle of nerves in the room, and it didn't matter how much I had trained or who I had trained with or how prepared I was, I was thrown out of the scene because I was feeling so judged, you know. Because that's pretty much where nerves come yeah. from, is that, that, yes. that um, feeling of judgment that somebody's going to, like, hate you or whatever, or you're not doing it right, or you're going to be found out, you know? Yeah. You know, when I first started working with you, and, and you sent a scene to me when I when I came out, I, I sent a couple of them to Steve, and, and his thought was, the first thought that I had when I saw, you know, sides or, uh, you know, scene um, was that that's a lot to memorize. And then through your technique, you, you, it kind of comes to you when you learn how to break the script down, right? I mean, the, you're not memorizing yeah. it word for word, like going line by line and sitting there spitting it back and memorizing it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, the technique is revolutionary because people have told actors through the ages, memorize it and then work on it. That's the worst thing you can do, you know? Because how are you going to memorize something if you don't have a connection to it? So um, the technique basically teaches you how to ask these 15 questions and break it down and break it down so in such small pieces that you really get why the next line comes next and how it's more of a stream of consciousness learning. So understanding how you just heard what the other person says, which makes sense with your point of view of how you see what's going to happen next for your character. So then the line makes sense. So that's why people that have trained in the technique are off book so quickly, six pages, eight pages, like like in a snap. And uh, you, I mean, look at the, remember I gave you that Star Trek scene? Yeah. So you went from 
you know, what, two pages of audition to six pages, and then boom, you're off book on all that dialogue. Yeah, and I still, that was a few weeks ago, I still could do that right now. It's funny how you yeah. it gets ingrained, but it but it wasn't from like I said it wasn't memory uh, as I, as you said the other person you're doing the scene with those lines lead you into your reaction. Yes. Now, now when you like this film that you're working on this production that you're working on Amy the next feature that you're talking about did yes. you did you approach it by saying man this is I'm going to find me in this role. Or do you create a character that maybe has nothing to way to do with the way you feel inside Amy? You know what I mean? That's I mean, a, are, that's are a you... great question. No, these are great questions. Let me break it down for you. Um, there's two schools of thought. Um, in uh, Stanislavski Strasberg, they were like, "Well, it's about you and your experience." Well, in my technique and uh, from where I've trained with Stella Adler, um, it's it's the character comes first. So if the character comes first, then um, your imagination is endless and then you're not stuck with your limited experience. Mm-hmm. Because Stanislavski mm-hmm. and Strasberg ask you to, to draw on your experience, but uh, your imagination is endless. So if you put the character first and ask, well, what is the character's circumstances and how is the character feeling? And then asking yourself, have I ever felt that way? Not have I ever been in this experience. So hmm. let's say the character's betrayed. Well, maybe the character's betrayed because they're, you know, it could be like an extreme situation. Well, I can't relate to this extreme situation, but I definitely can relate to betrayal. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you find the betrayal yeah. and you say, okay, well, I've been betrayed. And then you plug it in and it equals the character. So the more feelings that you share with the character, figuring out the character first, and the more you commit to those feelings as they change throughout the scene, transitioning each feeling, the more you become the character. Now, I here's think, another here's another ridiculous question. Just did real you quick. get that? Um, I got that. Um, but here's what I'm wondering. Is it easier for you or for any of us to cry or to laugh? If, if you're if it demands, I think that. it's easier for people to laugh in, in scenes than to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. People because come I, to me to work on their crying. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, oh, you no, can I can you understand can get that. Them to cry. Yeah, I yeah. can get them to cry. <laughs> yeah, Howard, Howard's thinking. Yeah, just yell at them. You know. <laughs> hey, Steve, Amy is Amy is a great coach, and she is uh, energetic, and she is supportive, and she's knowledgeable, but she's also tough. And you have to be uh, that, a good coach. It has to be tough because, like you said, in your experience, walking in that audition room is not is you got to be tough, and yeah, you have to be competitive. Yeah. You said too, Amy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I the I'm like a Russian skating coach for actors, okay? <laughs> and and if I'm gonna start calling already, you Bella, Bella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me um, call me Bruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bruce, yeah. Bruce Galindon. Um, <laughs> and and if you're serious and you really want it, then I'm the person that you come to. Everything else is like hand holding. 
and everybody telling you how good you are because they want you to come back to class. I mean, for me, I don't want anybody to come back. I want you to get on stage, accept your mm. award, and thank me. <laughs> right. That's you know, I don't want you. Yeah, I don't want you to need me. I need you to be self-sufficient. I'm not going to direct you. I'm going to direct you to the written word. I'm going to direct you to a better way of doing homework, a better way of becoming brilliant. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, out of my 52 network series regulars, a quarter of them have no other training than my technique. So it's not like you got to train in a million places to become famous. You just have to think like an Olympic actor. Yeah. You know, there's there's so much more work involved in becoming a skilled actor than, than anybody would ever imagine. Uh, you're talking about scene work ahead of time, preparation, and all this. So what what happens if somebody comes to you and they, they're going to put in the hard work, but some people might just not have it. So how do you handle that? Because there are a lot of people that want to be, you know, a star you know, for a lack of a better I've got to tell you something. i got to tell you something. Um, I've had people in class when I was at the theater, like, pre-COVID, and people used to say, Amy, how could you coach that person? They're so bad, you know? I mean, they used well, to they, say well, it, like, well, under their breath. Well, was that the day that I showed up? Uh, what are you talking about, me? <laughs> They would say that, and I would say, yeah. well, you just watch. Give me give me four, uh, four or five months with them. You just watch, and they would turn around. It depends how much you, you want it. It depends how good your imagination is. It depends. I mean, there's some great actors that, that won't take any notes because they think they're too good, and they're going to just stay there. Yeah. Like Adam Brody's one of those guys. You know, I mean, I trained him since he's 16 years old. And and when he was in class, um, and I was managing him, and then got him on the OC, got him like a million roles on Gossip Girl, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and um, and he would just only go so far. So he's always Adam Brody. You understand? Yeah. So yeah. he's not uh, he's not considered like this great actor, but that's on him. He didn't want to learn more. So he just didn't take the next step. He didn't want to. Huh. I don't understand why anybody that that would get into it would be satisfied with, you know, I would think you'd always want more and you'd always want to become Well, there are celebrities and then there are there are um, famous actors that are that we look up to, like Viola Davis, you know, there's those kind of real actors, not to say that celebrities aren't real actors. They are. They're they're charismatic. They have a little something something. They can't morph like Daniel Day Lewis into a character. They're not. They're as as they say in New York. They ain't no Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering about now that you made me think of something. I I have seen one of my favorite actors. I was going to ask you who your favorites are. One of mine is Denzel. All right, if I know that there's a Denzel movie coming out, I'll watch it. If I know that there's a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, I'll watch it. You know, there are only about a handful of people like that. Well, that see what I mean? I don't That's even... a star. You're going to see the star. You're going to see their movie. You understand? Yes, yes, And so that's, yes. that's why I'm always pushing people to be their authentic self through that character. Because there's only one them. There's only one Leonardo. There's only one Denzel. 
and you um, don't and you and so, it, it yeah. sounds like you don't you don't want people to worry about being typecast next necessarily right no no i think they should want to be mm-hmm. well so that's nothing to fight well that just means you've had success one of your characters has become famous right yeah um you breathing through the character has become famous okay but you I know, mean, somebody it, in a t- TV series that um, they become typecast because they become known as, you know, X, you know, like uh, Tom Selleck is Magnum P.I. Or, or what have you. Uh, well, Tom Selleck should be happy he's Magnum P.I. because I think he has a house in Malibu, you know. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's Somebody... driving a really amazing car. Yes. Um, you know, Tom Selleck, there's uh, some actors that can work on television and there's some actors that can't move into feature film. It's complete. They're completely. Some actors move effortlessly back and forth. But it depends on their depth of feel. Like Tom Selleck is is a personality. Right. We're in love with his personality. He frames well in television. He won't move into feature film because he didn't spend enough time on his emotional vehicle to be complex enough for us to find him interesting for an hour and, uh, what, uh, 20 minutes? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I read... Uh, recently that he was up for they wanted him to do Indiana Jones to be the the lead uh, Harrison Ford and he couldn't get out of his Magnum contract yeah but he wouldn't been as interesting as uh, Harrison Ford Harrison Ford's like the Jim Stewart of our time you know um, he's he's the everyman and he's interesting Oh, he's, he's terrific. a thinking actor. He's so interesting to watch. He is. There's no question. Now, I'm gonna so really, he's one I'm of gonna the re- ones. I'm going to really go old school on both of you. Yesterday, I saw one of my favorite films of all times. In, in not that it would be on everybody's list at all. You ever heard of a what movie called Sham- Shampoo? It of had course, Warren sure. Beatty. Yeah, loved it. Warren Beatty. I love uh, and Goldie Hawn and uh, Goldie Hawn. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, he was a hairdresser. Uh, yeah, yes. Now he's uh, coming on tonight on one of these movie networks is the movie called Reds. Reds. Mm-hmm. And it, and oh it's, yeah, that's, and it's a, three, that's a military movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's but it's three and a half hours long. Yeah. And so, but he's yes. but he's got the power, I guess, to carry to be a lead in a movie that is three and a half hours long. I don't know what that says about him. Is that just pure star power? That, that when, when you're in these epic features like that. Well, star power comes from. Uh, the the human condition, the the ability that he has to share himself at a very deep level for all to see, and that's what creates the interest. And but we're not really aware of that consciously, right? I mean, we just know, wow, that was uh, well, a nice sort of warm. Like we baby are in a way. That's why reality television is so famous. We are. I can't we get are. over it. We're interested. <laughs> I can't get over how all of these reality TV series, how how comfortable these people are 
and they're not actors. I don't get it. I don't. I, I remember a time when people used to be shy of being exposed by the camera <laughs> for whatever reason, and now you got the Real Housewives of this and the Real Housewives of that, and they're just folks who look like they just are willing to do anything on the camera. Where does that come from? I mean, I guess they're being coached as well, right? Or No, they are being so- coached, and people are, like, whispering in their ear, and um, and it and it's makes for good television. It's, it's unscripted scripted, really. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It's a lot more scripted yeah. than, you would ever, than you would ever know, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's unscripted scripted, and... Uh, and there are there are writers on the show, and they're brilliant. They're brilliant. They know how to to create um, story, and they know how to, uh, what to say to somebody to create conflict. They're amazing. I mean, do you remember Mob Wives? Did you Did you guys watch Mob oh, yes. Wives? Oh yes. Yes. Of course, you guys did. Yes. What a great I'm, show I'm, that was. I'm all over the. Now I will put uh, reality TV down at times, but I realize that's all I I, I watch. Oh, I mean, see, I get, look at you. <laughs> I get see, hooked into you. any of those things. What are you watching? I, I watch. Um, you know, lately I've been extremely fascinated. I mean, it's kind of funny because I'm such a princess, and I thought of a great reality show, which I'll tell you guys off air because I don't want somebody to steal it. <laughs> but I watch, um, I watch the show alone. I watch um, Naked and Afraid. I watch um, Naked and Afraid XL. I watch um, because I love these Survivor shows. Yeah. I find them extremely fascinating, marooned. You know, the guy didn't have mm-hmm. anything, but the, mm-hmm. but the alone was very fascinating because he was. They were, he was. They ten people were thrown in the Arctic for a hundred days. So to me, yes. that was extremely fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that. Afraid. You were what? You were in afraid, that? I, you know. It's that's, that's a that's you just described Howard's life. Wait, Howard, are you naked and afraid? I'm not afraid. Are you afraid to be naked? Uh, no, you, you didn't catch what I said. I said I'm not afraid. Now I would I don't be afraid. Know what I have on right now. I'm at home. I I would be afraid to be naked on a film. Not that it not me. I you know because I you're really exposed. I mean you're you are exposed in every way. But I guess you got to learn to let go, right? For for oh, some I've of these a, things. I've got a funny story to tell you guys. Um, my first film that I ever did. Um, it's a video. Thank God. It's not out anywhere. <laughs> but um, I think I was. 19. Anyway, um, they said, hey, listen, um, uh, you're going to be a prostitute because that's what you play when you're that age. Um, you're going to be mm-hmm. this prostitute. You're going to pick, pick up this serial killer. Then he's going to put you up uh, as a, on a meat rack. And um, we're shooting from behind, so... So we won't, we won't, the camera won't see you in front. And I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I've been working out. I look good. So, and I'm dead and I'm up on a meat rack. So, yeah. so if they show my butt, I'm okay, right? <laughs> how bad can it so be? On, yeah. Wait, how bad could it be? So we're on set. We're literally, we're literally in, in, in a, uh, a cooler, you know, one of those meat, meat coolers. My hand's tied. He calls action. And then the detectives come in the front <laughs> to look at the body. Oh. <laughs> and they failed to tell me that the detectives were coming in the front. They left that part he out. Had, 
they were they're looking yeah, but at they me were, in the front. They were so what? smart because they knew they would get a real reaction from you. Right? Yeah, I'm no, dead. She did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she could, they got a real reaction they, after they stopped. Yeah, rolling. the reaction was, why is that body moving like that? Why is that body not Yeah, exactly. Not still? They're like, yeah. stop moving, oh. Amy. And I'm like, yeah. well, you didn't tell me people were coming through the front. <laughs> that is good. Um, we're going to take a little break here, Amy. Uh, and then Steve mentioned. Uh, he was curious, and I am too, about some of your favorite actors and actresses. So we'll ask you about that. And uh, we want to hear a little bit more about your clothing line, I Am Enough, uh, the entire line that you have launched. So uh, this is back to you, and we will be right back. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we talk about a Chevy Blazer that sold for a ridiculous amount, plus a discussion about alternatives to the latest Porsche 911. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Rick, move out of the way. Here comes a bear. German nudists. Pubic hair beer. Mm. My brush with a A-list celebrity comedian. And a snippet from our interview with voiceover guru, Debbie Derryberry. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. We are back. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. We are visiting with actor and acting coach Amy Linden, who comes to us today from Los Angeles. And Steve, you had started to talk. You mentioned uh, an actor, a couple actors that you admire, like Denzel and yeah, Leo. Leonardo, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, there are only and, a few, uh, like maybe De Niro, Pacino. Those guys make me want to watch a film. You know what's interesting is that I didn't name any women, and I don't know what that is because whenever you ask a question like that, most people just blurt out the guys. I'm wondering, like, you know, there's some interesting actresses to me, like Natalie Portman, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Meryl Streep fantastic whatever she's in usually though she's in roles that are a little bit too syrupy for me and, and I, or you know what i mean i mean i she doesn't but i think if i see her name attached to something it's probably going to be a solid worthwhile thing to see so i would put her in that category too um but uh i was interested in who amy thinks would appeal to her when you hear the name you go oh yeah i gotta see that i don't need to see the trailer are there any people like that um yeah i mean on television um anything that mariel eros will do she was in the missing um sorry the killing um i just find her fascinating she's in that uh uh streaming show hannah yeah hannah mm -hmm. um uh, she was. She's just incredible. Uh, anything Viola Davis will do. Yeah, I'm well, yeah. By her performance, um, I actually took a, a, a couple of uh, seconds from her closing monologue on her final season in the courtroom uh, of How to Get Away with Murder. Every single word was fulfilled. Um, 
and, and by the way, know, and, 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 yeah. and Amy, she's yeah. one of those people yeah. who, who, who can, man, she can get so emotional. She can cry. And, and, you know, and in a convincing way, she can laugh. We were talking about crying and laughing and what might be easier. She, I always believe her when I see her do something that's emotional. Yeah, she does intense homework, guys. She does intense homework. She scours that script with a fine-tooth comb and goes over every little, every little syllable, every little comma, every little period, mm. every little word, and and she she eats it for breakfast. She sits there and it becomes a part of her, and so that's why it makes it makes it easier for her to cry because she's bought it so she could sell it to us, mm. and um, she's she's incredible. Well. And, yeah, Amy, you you talked about uh, Steve asked you about laughing versus crying. I mean, you know, we've all got an emotional place and, and something that uh, we can we can draw upon. But if you think about the homework you have to do and the focus that you have to have when you're on a film set and all these people are around and you have to, uh, you know, summon that emotion. I mean, that's an unbelievable talent. Yeah, I mean, I remember years ago when I did NYPD Blue, um, I had to cry because my neighbor was dead and Dennis Franz was interviewing me and I'm crying and I'm talking to him and um, and he smelled really good, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm crying and then the script supervisor comes up to me and says, um, Ms. Linden, you said of instead of the, oh. so we're going to have mm. to do it again. Uh, so that tells you about television and what's important yeah you know do it again um do it again because you missed a word um and now, could you film, do it could you do it again could you do it again yes yes actually i did a great movie with kane hotter who was jason in friday the 13th uh -huh. and it was called btk for um lionsgate and i had to cry the entire movie because i found out my husband was a serial killer uh-huh That'll so, do it. Um, yeah, and I was able to do it through the whole movie. You know, um, I, I think that everybody, if you want to be an actor, you need to have a juicy emotional vehicle. And yeah. most of your time needs to be spent creating an emotional journal. Um, so you're able to hit all the buttons within you and, um, and to expand on your emotional vocabulary. Well, you, you know, know, I don't know how you it, feel about... Uh, go ahead, Steve. No, no, I was just going to say because of these times we're living in, I find it just in my everyday life um, uh, easier to cry. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny when I say that, but there, I don't have to go very far internally to to, to cry. I cry um, much more uh, easily than I used to, and I, I don't know. Well, then I just what think you would it's do if you were an actor. Steve, yeah. if you were an actor, you would remember um, how you got to that cry because it wasn't immediate. It was a building of events yeah. that you created yeah. in your mind and you built it and built it and built it and built it and then released it. Yeah. So that is um, how you construct it. Because every emotion that an actor feels, we we say it's from somebody else, but we basically do it to ourselves. Mm. Amy, did you see Uncut Gems? 
Uncut Gems. It was Adam Sandler, Netflix oh, movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wasn't in love with that movie. I actually walked out of that movie, and I never walk out of movies. Did you? I really yeah. loved it. And I saw a side of Adam Sandler that I'd never seen before. And and uh, the reason I bring it up is that I read an article that he said that two things he can't do on camera, although I've seen him do it, is laugh or cry. Well, you know, because he's, he's um, like one of those dry comedians, you know? Yeah. And so um, he covers with his sense of humor. So he's probably been doing that since he's a child. So all of his deep emotions have been buried pretty much. Hmm. You know, yeah, you I, mentioned walking out of a movie. There's only one movie I ever walked out of on, and that was Natural Born Killers. Did you ever see that? It's got oh, Woody yeah. Harrelson in it. Oh, yeah. Why'd you walk out of that? I, I couldn't take it. I could It was just, uh, you know, I can deal with violence in a movie, but it was just too much. It was just too much for me to handle for some reason. Yeah, And, and I couldn't see the lot. whole thing. And they had nice, yeah, uh, it, walked, it was great acting. Yeah, I walked out of Uncut, I walked out of Uncut Gems because the camera was moving too much. Oh, okay. And it made me very uh, nervous. Huh. Yeah, it was. I mean, and I know was, it's supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it just made me too nervous, so yeah. I, I just was like, I can't do this. Was I didn't see Natural Born Killers? Was it was it, was that Woody Harrelson? Uh, yeah, and it was Julianne. Was Julianne. that Ed Norton? Uh, um, no, I'm thinking of the one where where um, uh, Downey. What's his name? Uh, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. He's a, he's a reporter, and he's tracking this like Bonnie and Clyde couple, and Woody Harrelson is one of them, and and they're just going around the country just killing folks, and and uh, oh, Robert Downey oh. Jr. is is, is sort of doing this. Wasn't Christopher Walken big, in that? Christopher Walken uh, was in that. He, yeah, he those, had this great scene with Woody Harrelson. In the trailer, I think was it Woody? Harrelson? Oh no, no, no! You know, you know what? I'm thinking when you said that, I'm thinking of of uh, Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, and yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, in the trailer, and it had a cast of really talented actors in it, and um, and, and they were very. And you talk about Christopher Walken. I don't know Howard if you if I told you this, but Amy. I, w- I like to go to New York sometimes, look up at that big Ticketron thing and just pick a play to go to. You know what I mean? They had mm-hmm. this thing in the, in the middle yeah. of like 34th Street. All right. So uh, my wife and I will sometimes go and just like, let's go see something. And it could be whatever is a obscure kind of play and you just grab the ticket. And there was a show called A Behanding in Spokane a behanding in Spokane and it had Christopher Walken and it had um, oh man another this guy is really talented I can't think of his name now he's an even an Oscar uh, winner uh, but but it was another but anyway Christopher Walken is a villain in this thing and this is a play and we're all sitting out to play the door opens and it's this intense scene, and Christopher Walken is coming to get the folks in this room. And the audience starts cheering and clapping because we see Christopher Walken. And it, <laughs> and it, wow. and it, broke, it broke the whole mood of the play because... He, he has such, you know, yeah, he's presence. Such a celebrity. Yeah. Yes. And it must have been difficult 
to be in a show like that because it was probably happening every day. They had to stop for about 15 minutes and they were uh, looking, all the actors were looking around until it all calmed down and they could get on with the show again. Oh, that's but, tremendous. Well, that's why he's box office, you know? Yeah. Do you, and, and we, it, we just, go ahead. No, no, you go. I, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, we've just mentioned a whole bunch of people. Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Those are people that I put into the great actor categories. I don't know if you agree or disagree, Amy. Uh, who who do you? Yeah, absolutely. Sean Penn, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. Um, yeah, Ed Norton. Um, you know, these are people that I would go see their movies. But, but I would also go see a Tom Cruise movie. Oh, oh right. yeah, I do definitely. That. Yeah, well, I think he. I mean, you know, there. I think he's a uh, he's a great actor for one thing, but uh, isn't there something about people that pick the right projects and they're in great movies? Yeah, but I also like action. You know, like I saw Vin Diesel um, in his new movie Bloodshot last night, and I, um, you know, I mean, you know what you're getting. Right. You know, you're like, okay, we're going to go see a Vin Diesel movie now. You know what you're getting. You're not expecting, you know, an Academy Award winning performance, but you're expecting a really great ride. Yes. And so you know what you're looking for. I just remembered that other actor who was in that play. I think this guy's incredible. Sam Rockwell, I think his name is. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah, he's incredible. He's incredible. What was that movie? Um, different directions. Yeah, he's he works all the time. Yeah, I mean, picture him tremendous. in a western. Uh, yeah, but he was he was also in that. Uh, there was another pretty bloody movie, but he was a town sheriff, and um, uh, in this sort of bigoted town. But he has this awakening by the end of the movie, and he starts. Uh, he turns his whole attitude around. Those, those kind of. That's why uh, you mentioned Ed Norton. I think yeah, the that movie, movie is one actually. The, it was a long title. Billboards. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Billboards, billboards and yeah, and I'm yeah. like Ed Norton is another one. There's a movie that Ed Norton was in. Might have been American History X. But he mm-hmm. is one type. He it begins with him being one type of guy. He's a real racist yeah. sort of skinhead guy. And then by the end of the movie, he turns himself around and the audience around so much that he becomes a sympathetic sort of different guy altogether. And that's got to be incredible you know, he, work to do he, something um, like that. His breakout movie was Primal Fear with Richard Gere. And um, his audition, he auditioned actually in the corner of the office like he was in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. And so um, he really created the mood and the environment to book that audition. Because he was a Pretty psychotic cool. character in that, right? He was like a... Yeah. A, a, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, you, were, you were a, I assume, an actor before you started teaching. Uh, what do you prefer? Do you like performing or do you like, uh, you know, helping others? You know, I like it all. On set, um, on Saturday, directing these two actors, um, and I came back and I was driving home feeling uh, just extremely exalted, you know? So um, I just love it all. 
I love acting because um, I did a uh, zombie movie um, last month. Had a good, it was zombie comedy, very funny. Um, all these people in a therapy session that start out with 12 and now we're down to five because they're all getting killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds <laughs> but, like fun. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. It's very, very, very funny. Um, and then I'm shooting um, uh, another movie, a uh, horror film, Death Face versus Bikini Beach Party. So I'm playing this aunt. Um, <laughs> and I coach those actors for the movie. Oh, you did. So it's like coaching them was great. Acting in it is going to be great and whenever I'm directing it's great um everything wait wait, wait 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 I can't you know what? say one wait, over wait. the other Wait a minute. I know how that film ends for you. You know what happens? They hang you on this meat hook. Yeah. In, in oh, a that's freezer. Not funny. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> they come in the front, but, but it no. But it's going to be shot from now. the back. It's going to be shot from the back. <laughs> I just wasn't smart then. I'm way smarter now. <laughs> uh, is there any such thing as a natural? Um, you know, because I mentioned you know how much work goes in, is involved in this, and even the great ones had to, you know, really pour themselves into it. Uh, is there? I mean, honestly, you can be a natural actor, but you might not have the edge to compete. Because there, there's being a natural actor, and then there's competing to um, to hit things hard and pop in the room. Because sometimes these naturalistic actors fall by the wayside. They're almost good. They're, they're, it's almost better for them after they've gotten a show already, you know? Yeah. But it's sometimes hard for those kind of actors to book a job. Well, what did, that's one of the keys of, of your, your teaching is you teach people how to get booked. Because, yes. as, as we said, you can be a great actor and you can do it at home when you're rehearsing or you're learning the, the scene. But if you flop in the room, you're dead. So what, what, what advice do you give people when they go in that room? Uh, to study the Linden Technique, go to thelindentechnique.com and, and start getting going on my courses. I would say that you could be a great actor, but it's always going to be about your approach. And so there's, um, there's a million things, but the biggest thing is to make sure that you understand where things are for you in a deep way and always know what you're doing. Yeah, because they can spot that a mile away if you're green and you're a rookie and yeah, you don't have any can. idea wow. what's going on. And you mentioned yeah. when you go in there, too, you have to have a competitive streak in you that I'm going to kill this thing and make them want to hire me, make them have to yeah, hire me. Yeah, it needs to be for you, you know? I mean, uh, you have to want it so much, and, and it's, sort of, it's sort of like gearing up uh, like those football players when they're coming running out in the field in a group. They're pumped up. Um, I don't think people really look at um, this career, this acting career, and, and look at it like it's playing a sport. And it really is. It's like playing a sport. Well, And if they understand what as, that's about to get themselves pumped up, you know? Well, I'd be cool. As long as I don't have to take my clothes off and, and have to cry, I'm all right. <laughs> I think I'll be all right. Well, I think we could work on that, though. <laughs> we can. Hey, I'll do either if I get hired. So I can- actually, actually, Steve, Steve, I bet yeah, you yeah. you would start crying if you had to take your clothes off. So uh, I think you're I think right. You should start you're working right. on that. Or we yeah. would. 
one of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, All that. I w- hey, I saw a show recently. It's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Um, did you see Afterlife, Amy? Ricky oh, Gervais? yeah. Yeah. He's he's unbelievable, isn't he? Yeah. I, I got to tell you, there's a really great movie that I want you guys to watch. It's called Life Itself. Uh-huh. It came out a couple years ago, but it is, it is by far my favorite movie. Really? Who, who's who's in that? Well, Antonio Banderas, and, but, but it's just... Um, Life Itself. I, I, I just... The, the writing is tremendous. It's written by Dan Fogelberg. Uh, Fogelman, who wrote, who writes um, for This Is Us, he created This Is Us. So it, yeah. I mean, I bet you, Steve, you will cry watching that yeah. movie. I'm going to check do it that on out. Camera. <laughs> uh, well, he'll have to. Well, he'll have to write down what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to check that out because uh, my, my movie tastes are all over the place. You know, I like comedies. I like. Uh, serious stuff i like documentaries a lot but uh well, but I, really I'm, I'm always hear, open. i really want to hear what you have to say about that life itself that. okay i'm going to report back to you and mm-hmm. you better write you it know. down steve uh yeah but howard i want to talk about my clothing line i was just going to ask you about your clothing line uh, i am enough first of all tell us about the the inspiration behind those words and then go from there well, you know, I've always felt like I wasn't enough as a child, you know, and I had to work really, really hard to feel filled up enough to share with people. Like, people think I was always this person. I, this person took a lot of work to be this person because I really did not feel like I was enough for, I would say, more than half of my life. And um, a lot of people can relate to that. The mm-hmm. clothing line came out of my students not booking because they didn't feel powerful enough. Yeah. And feeling powerful inside, it's hard to be a success if you're if you don't feel like you you should exist, you know? Sure. Um so I trademarked I am enough in two thousand and three. And um and the whole philosophy of my teaching is is about being enough. And um, back then, I didn't have the money to launch a full clothing line, um, but I did design it, and I had I had blueprints, I had samples, I had hang tags. I was, like, ready to go, and then realized I really didn't have the financing. And then drop shipping came, and then COVID came. And so um, finally, after all these years, I'm, I'm finally able to to launch my clothing home decor line, I Am Enough. So if you guys go to IamEnoughCollection.com and when you purchase something, I want to hear from you. I want you to wear it, take a picture, send me how you feel while you're wearing it. Or um, if you buy a pillow, how does it feel every time that you're reminded? Or, um, and you could send me a video too. And so I've been, um, I've been putting up the videos on the website and, and on my Instagram channel, which is I am enough dot original, or you guys could follow me at Amy Linden, which incidentally I was just verified on Instagram. Yeah. I saw that. Awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. How many people do you, how many followers do you have? I don't know, like 57,000 like, or something. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 
I don't think it's the amount of uh, followers. I think it's the amount of people that click and yeah. actually that you that you that you uh, interaction talk to. You know, yeah. yeah. It's all about interaction. Well, yeah. your logo and Steve, you'd love this. I mean, she's got you know ball caps and t-shirts and the and the, the logo is really cool looking, Amy. And I am Thank enough, you. I am enough. It looks great. I'm, I mean, it's good I'm going to look stuff. for. I'm I'm always into new t. You know, the thing that I like is that when when you wear something and folks go, "Where'd you get that?" You know, it, yeah. It, I mean, I wore it's, I wore the t-shirt out to the nail place, which was incidentally outside. Um, the nail place was outside. Um, uh-huh. And the moment yeah. that I walked in, the woman said, oh, my God, I love that. I feel that. Yeah. I am that. And so I gave her a card, you know, and it's I think everybody should have have something from the line to remind them. Well, I think everybody feels that way to a certain extent, wondering, you know, a lack of confidence or. Yeah. You know, you know, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I this or that? I think everybody goes through that uh, at one time or another, or or they're not human. Uh, sure. as we, yeah, I have sure. hats and posters yeah. and backpacks and phone um, covers and pillows. I have all kinds of stuff on there. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. Thank always, you. Uh, always looking for a new ball cap, aren't you, Steve? Or a T-shirt? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I have actually I am. four I... different caps on there for men. Yeah, I saw them. To choose cool. from, I'll be, yeah. I'll be ordering. And make sure you wear it, and either do a video or take a picture and and tell me how you're feeling and email it to me. I definitely will. I do videos, don't I, Steve? Uh, yeah, you do. That's a thirsty <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you there. do a lot of videos. <laughs> he's thirsty. Yeah, he's... Yeah, Howard, go get a hat and do a video yeah, for I me. Will. Yeah. I drive people crazy. And I'll put you and I'll put you up. All right, I drive people crazy with my crap. As we let you go here, Amy, this is this has been fun, but um give us one last Piece what do you mean vi- this has been fun, but, um... <laughs> well, yeah, check that yeah. out. Yeah, what does that mean, man? What is that? <laughs> yeah, that's tr- that's a good point, actually. I don't know why and I said the, that. It has been fun, but... Like I was qualifying it. No, I... You know no, what? I, you know what I like about... Amy, you know what I like about you a whole lot, and although we just met, you but, really um, listen. You, she listens. You listen. Yes. I like that. You know? What did you say? You listen. You, <laughs> very good, very good. But <laughs> and you're funny, and you're and you're serious, and you're all these things. That's great. I can see how. Oh, uh, thank you. you know, yes. Yeah, can you guys find me? Can you find me my next husband? Come on now. Come well, on now. Yeah. we can look. We'll, we'll, We'll see what we can do. Yeah, keep your well, eyes uh, open. I'm going I'm to go get me one of those hats and go out searching for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, last thing here, Amy. Um, what what advice would you give, just general advice, to somebody that's thinking about an acting career? I would say to them, don't forget the dream of why you want to be an actor because sometimes when it gets really hard, we give up. Sure. And just when you're ready to, like I've seen people put together everything, spend money to put together everything and then they quit. Just Mm. remember why you want to be an actor because that will take you through every single hard time and get you to the next step. And, um, and I'll help you, you know, go to the Lindentechnique.com and, 
and um, get in touch and sign up for the actorstoolbox.net. You get a free week and do all the assignments on there, all the business assignments. And I'm coaching about 104 people on there. Mm. You can watch the coaching. And then, and then I have Udemy courses. I have all kinds of things to help you with that dream. And I'm here for you because I am you. She's really good, Steve. Uh, I'm going to hook you up with her because Steve's an aspiring actor, too. Well, I turned I'm, Howard I'm, into an actor. Well, I'm, I I'm more Howard into an actor. <laughs> yes, anything is possible. Well, I'm more I can't like call a, myself I'm, an actor yet because I haven't worked. You will. I, yeah, but I, I, if COVID hadn't happened, I think I would have booked something by now. Yeah, That's I an think excuse. So. so anyway, uh, Amy, I'm thank a, you I'm very a, much. I'm, I'm a perspiring <laughs> actor, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll work on yeah. the nerve issue and okay, the crying okay. issue thank and the naked issue. We'll work thank on you. all of that, Steve. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll work on your uh, your next husband, okay? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, guys. Um, hey, I appreciate Amy. you, and I had a great time on your show. Great. Thank it's you, been Amy. wonderful. Take care, Amy. Thank you. Great to, great great to talk to Take you. Take care of yourself. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. You still there, Steve? Wow. No, I'm going right now to, uh, uh, I just took my clothes off and I'm running through the living room. I was so inspired <laughs> by that. Um, and, she's, uh, she's good. Yeah. She's a hell of a coach. And it's sounded, a tough uh, Sure. I mean, look, if you're going to try to bust through a, a career choice like that, you got to have somebody with you who's really going to keep inspiring you to stick with it because she said you know I, I believe that you know you got to be um persistent and and perseverance really has a lot to do with uh all of these things and, and yeah she sounds like somebody that won't let you stop you can rest well, but don't stop yeah because you're you're in a business there where you're told no constantly no, yes. you're not good enough. No. Or, you know, you don't get told no. You go to an audition and you just never hear. You just, I don't tell you anything. Yeah, you don't hear. Which Your agent no. doesn't hear, which means no. Uh, yeah. I'm still and, waiting for Brian De Palma to call me. Yeah. They, well, he, he didn't. He never did officially say no. Or Ron Howard. <clears throat> yeah, he, that That's was a no. Yeah. Two of the big ones that you were with. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap it up. You know who we need to thank? Uh, yeah, tell me about that again. Who do we need to thank? Well, I think we ought to thank our executive producer, Tony Lasano. Uh-huh. Of com. He does a great job of uh, putting these things together for us. He's a great support. And uh, Back to You is distributed by Ed Silha of Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. I really have to go now. I have to go now because I just see... Oh, look at that. The the FedEx man just arrived. I got an ascot and a smoking jacket and a cigarette holder. I'm on my way to acting. I'm on my way to acting. I am an official actor. The FedEx truck <laughs> lives in front of my house. Yes. Oh, Amazon Prime. That's All right. Just buying stuff left and right. All right, wait, Steve. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I saw, I'm looking yes. now. The clock, the clock on the wall says it is time to go. 
it that's is how time I'm to doing go. That. That's how I stop you with all of it. This is it. And until the next episode, uh, I will see you. Make sure you study your lines and get your uh, your prep sheet ready because we're going to do it again. Goodbye. See you later. This OFI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Losano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I was going up an escalator. One of my pet peeves is when people just stand up. Dan, it's a people mover. It's supposed to help you go, not a ride. Right. And if you already stand, move to the right. Or just keep walking, lazy ass. Some people may have bad knees and stairs are hard, so I'll give them. This guy, this guy, this guy didn't have. Get the hell out of my way. (laughs) Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and friends. Losano. Now on Losano.com. Good luck trying to spell Losano or whatever it's called. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. We're going to talk about the big match on Sunday. Bayern versus PSG. Probably the second biggest match that you'll ever see in the past four years. So listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Is this over? Yes.